Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let Loose with Moose. Today I have a CT figure and also the founder of the Rollup Co, Andy with me. Hello Andy, how are you doing? Hey Moose, yeah, I'm doing well, man. Um, you got me at a GM, it's, uh, it's a 9am here in South America <laughs> and um, yeah, happy to happy to chat and following a lot of your content and um, you know, I've been doing, been doing a lot myself, so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the world, so it's like 10 p.m. for me here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that we moved it up then because uh, I yeah. like to get things done and I'm glad you can get some sleep. But I bet you spend a lot of time at night working though, huh? To stay up with Europe and, and USA hours. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, it's an Asian hours thing. Nothing happens during the Asian hours, right? Like all the exploits only happens when, when we are asleep, right? Like three <laughs> <and> hours. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, before we begin, so I know you have a background in, I mean, it's on your Twitter bio, you have a five years plus of online business. And before we get to the crypto side of things, could we share a little bit about that background of yours? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because right now the founder of Pudgy Penguins is is getting harassed by people who found out that he was drop shipping and doing these uh, direct direct response marketing, um, you know, offers back in the day, like selling courses and doing drop shipping and doing these types of things. And, you know, it just kind of is, is, is funny to me because uh, I kind of got my start in, in the online space doing uh, copywriting, which is basically writing words for companies that they use in their emails and they use in, in their sales letters. And I worked with tons of e-commerce brands and influencers who were selling consulting, coaching services, courses. And I actually ended up building out my personal brand on Twitter before I even got into crypto. It was all around online marketing. Um, and so it was all around copywriting and clients and sales. And I, I was selling digital products, courses, uh, different offers from, you know, very low ticket, $10, $20 to high ticket to $1,000. Um, you know, and I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, different kind of coaching and then also just doing tons of copywriting for about two years. Uh, and then I kind of got tired of it, uh, lost some clients, um, you know, had to, had to restructure team and just things kind of didn't pan out the way that I, that I wanted. And I was kind of getting burnt out. So I actually ended up just like stopping everything on Twitter, as far as personal brand goes and through the agency stuff uh, that I was doing as far as the copywriting and marketing goes. And I just took a break for a little while, a couple months. I traveled for a bit. This is when I was like 19 or 20. Um, and then I, I found out about DeFi after being exposed to crypto in 2017, trading total shit coins on Bittrex. But I found out about this whole on-chain reality that was happening where you could lend and borrow and things on Compound. So this was like June, April, 2020. May 2020, maybe. And then I was like, oh, damn. So I took all my money from uh, the businesses and I put it all into ETH around like 150, 200 bucks. Um, and then we started DeFi Slate, which is now the roll up at in about June 2020. At that time, it was just us, the, the Defiant and Bankless. There might have been one other news source. So we are pretty much like in the early days of the DeFi, KOL, media, and things. And so we really just pushed that hard and um, that's kind of how I got into crypto in the first place was just being 
exposed to the similar stuff that people are hating on Luca for, which is so funny because he's super, super successful. And, um, you know, I, I kind of had a similar path as far as getting into crypto, um, you know, and just learning marketing, which kind of changed my entire life. So if there's one tip that I can give anybody out there, it's learn copywriting, learn direct response marketing. Um, it, it'll change your entire life because if you can write words on a Google doc, that will help you sell products or companies sell their offers, you'll never have to worry about having a job again in your life. You will always be in demand. And that is one thing that, um, you know, you can never take away from somebody. Yes, there's chat GPT, but like I can write better sales letters than, than chat GPT. <laughs> um, you know, and you, you, you can use chat GPT too. So a little tidbit of, uh, of some marketing wisdom uh, for those who are, who are listening. Awesome. You know, I always wanted to kind of get into dropshipping and all, but I, I like to think that it was a bit too late when I read about it and it was too saturated already, probably by people like you who got in re super early from that. And um, yeah, super nice to hear how you transitioned from doing online dropshipping and copywriting and moving into crypto, right? And I think, let me just clarify this because I was stalking your Twitter profile and I think few months sorry few weeks back you were posting a super host um, picture so like are you an airbnb host or something as well yeah so fortunately i got lucky in the last bull market as i said i you know i got into pretty early with that eth position um you know and i i was lucky enough to sell quite a bit of that uh near the top um you know obviously i i got wrecked um i lost uh, more money than i really would know what to do with today but fortunately for for um my sake and for the sake of my of my uh foundation i actually purchased a property in florida florida has a really good uh re re real estate market it's uh, quite hot uh as is all real estate markets and i you know, i'm not super bullish on price appreciation necessarily in real estate in the united states uh but with that being said it was an easy decision seeing as how um, imbalanced my portfolio allocations were uh, when it came to November 2021, December 2021, January. Um, and so I, yeah, I purchased a property as a primary residence um, and I've spent some time there in Florida in it. I've put a lot of work into it and uh, done Airbnb and also long-term rentals there. Um, and my plan going forward is just to do the long-term rentals. Uh, to pay off the equity, make a little bit of profit on the on the payoffs, or sorry, on the monthly payments. You know, even just a couple hundred bucks a month is great. Uh, for me, it's a very long-term play. 30-year loan at about 4.5% interest rate was my term. I'm not going to speak on the numbers of the property, but, um, you know, my, my goal is, you know, 15, 20 years from now, uh, I basically can just have that thing paid off in full, borrow against it, uh, sell it, buy a new property, and just have that asset. Um, and so for me, it was a no-brainer. Being a, you know, college dropout, uh, having no really backup plan, this is the this was kind of the easy choice. Uh, luckily, I also diversified into uh, some gold and uh, a bunch of stocks, and I I got a, a nice little car, which I'm gonna actually sell for Ethereum as soon as I get back to the states. So, yeah, another kind of tidbit of tip there is like. Uh, when your portfolio is imbalanced so much because one asset has appreciated so much more than the rest, definitely a good idea to get come back to your balance and 
in order to kind of have that balance, you have to understand what your ideal allocations are based on where you're at in the market or the cycles of each specific market. So for me now, it's like back in 2021, 2022, I didn't want as much crypto exposure um, at that time because I it was way too much of an imbalance. So I, I, I had to get some gold, a house, a car, some stocks, right? But now I'm back to the point where I'm like, well, well, damn, I really want a ton of crypto exposure right now. So like, I kind of wish I didn't have this house. I'd rather have all that capital in ETH, right? But that's just, you know, that's the state of being a, a diversified investor. And uh, currently I'm really looking to increase my all allocations to the market at, at, you know, basically at any cost um, because I feel like we're early again and yeah, I'm going all in. I'm selling the car. Like I, I would sell my kidney at this point. <laughs> Man, that's really awesome. Uh, absolutely killing it, man. With all your portfolio allocations, right? Selling car to buy Ethereum and having gold and real estate as well. You're like a role model out there, man. And um, you kind of mentioned you got into crypto in early 2017, right? Uh, if I remember correctly. But I think there was not... Please correct me if I'm wrong because I was not around in 2017. But I do not think that there was much um, DeFi at that point, right? It was kind of just a few tokens here and there. As long as like there's a white paper or like ICO, everyone's just throwing money everywhere, right? So yeah, DeFi, I mean, it was like yeah, it was collecting Bitcoin Cash airdrops on Kraken was the state of things. It was it was Bitcoin Cash was coming out and everybody who owned Bitcoin got one-to-one -one ratio of Bitcoin cash. And then Bitcoin cash pumped for, to like $4,000 and everyone was like, holy crap, what's going on? It was like margin trading Litecoin on its huge pump. It was like getting liquidated on BitMEX for all that you were worth. These are all things that happened to me um, and nothing was on chain. I mean, there was maybe like uh, some like Mooncat NFTs towards the end of 2017 but that's what really drew me into DeFi uh, back in 2020 in like early early 2020 and 2019 was that oh wow there's actually things that we can do on chain now what even is on chain and so that was kind of like a whole light bulb moment um because when you looked at the landscape of 2017 you were like well all i'm doing is trading trading on exchanges these trash ico coins and these things are pumping to the moon but they're also just like nothing and so once you when DeFi came around even though we just turned up the like the should, should, should we say like debt spiral it was actually super interesting from a, a lens of oh this is a whole new application uh for crypto uh which really spiked my interest personally awesome and you know you, you sound really excited and i'm super happy to hear you being so excited and my next question to you with coffee that. man <laughs> No, but it's good. It's good. My next question to you then would be, since you're so excited and all about um, the whole crypto space and wanting to get more allocations in your portfolio, right? Um, then what are you most excited about in the crypto space right now? Right. Um, I know your rollup co is more focused on L2s and you, are, you mentioned that you're more leading towards getting more Ethereum at this point, but are there anything else that you're specifically excited about within the space right now? Yeah, I mean, I think this can go a while. I think like uh, specifically on the roll-up front, I'm excited to see tons of new roll-ups be released. I'm excited to be an early adopter of a lot of these. I'm excited for the tokens that are going to come out, for the airdrops that are going to happen. Uh, I'm excited for the for the VM space. Uh, we're seeing different evolutions of VMs happening with uh, 
For example, recently, uh, the Solana VM has just launched. Uh, that's super cool. I think there's going to be a huge narrative here with different projects who are launching their own VMs. Cartesi has their own uh, Linux VM. So it's going to be interesting to see different virtual machines pop up in addition to EVM. Um, so and, and kind of how they interoperate. I think roll-up interoperability is super interesting, right? Shared sequencers, shared DA layers, how these are going to communicate with, with each other. What 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 is the bridge future going to look like? Um I think, I think on the social fi side, it's super interesting, super early. I'm participating in everyone possible uh, for farming the airdrops, for being early, uh, and for you know unlocking new potential for creators. I think that's something that we can both get super excited about. Is that you know I I love Twitter. I know you and I both do you know, different types of promos and KOL work and things, but ultimately, like my one one of my biggest dreams in 2017 when I first got into crypto was this vertical of decentralized social media. And I remember there was this, there was this platform that came out that was called, uh, oh man, it was like IPFS based YouTube. I, I, I forget the exact name. And I, I, I just remember sitting there in my dorm room in 20, 2017 and like, look, it was totally uncensored and you could earn this this coin per views and things and there was all sorts of crazy stuff on there there was there was crazy like crazy videos and war and porn and freaking tiktok type dancing videos all sorts of stuff and you know kind of getting back to the point this was a, a vertical that i saw early days what was what was possible and then getting into online marketing and growing a brand i also got very excited about and so now that the fact that it's coming to fruition makes me excited for the next couple of years in this space because if there's going to be social media platforms where we can earn based on our, our, cre our creations, then I'm definitely going to never have to have a job. That's for sure. Um, and so, you know, that's super exciting uh, from that point of view, but also just for the un unlocking creators point of view. And then also um, hopefully these start to uh, work on the privacy and data front too. And so I think, I think those those verticals are the ones that I'm focused on. I think account abstraction and intents are also very, very interesting. Uh, Going to be very cool to see how those happen. Um, there's this concept of PWAs, which is progressive web app. So basically, if you've ever used friend tech, you know that you're using this on your mobile app or sorry, on, on your mobile phone, which is an app on your phone. Um, that is a whole new onboarding experience uh, uh, based on this uh, backend infra called Privy. Privy is a very cool uh, piece of technology, which uh, does a lot of work on the backend to enable friend tech to run as it does, even though it's quite buggy. The whole experience of setting up your wallet and having a secure um, kind of structure is is backed by Privy. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see how more teams uh, start to onboard users through uh, apps like that, which don't even feel like crypto based uh, in, in a sense. But, uh, you know, we see tons of different users and transactions happening on base because of that. And I guess just like the last thing further on the roll up space, it's going to be interesting to see how sequencers make money, right? So sequencers are the, are the, are the uh, basically service operators of the roll up between the executors, the batchers and the sequencers. Basically, these are the, uh, the entity behind uh, the uh, creation and the execution of transactions and the posting of them back onto Ethereum. And so these, these charge a fee. Each rollup can set the parameter for their fee, um, you know, what, when they're creating their rollup. And so these sequencers, for example, are printing cash for uh, Coinbase right now in base. I'm curious to see what are the, first of all, what are these teams going to do with their surplus? 
their profits? Are they going to invest into grant programs? Or are, are they going to call it profit as a business? Are they going to invest it back in the ecosystem projects? What's going to happen to the surplus? And then I'm excited to see what's going to happen to the to how they're, they're going to decentralize these sequencers and allow other people to get a chance to, to, to take advantage of these profits as well and run the, their own nodes or sequencers as well to help kind of decentralize that stack. Um, and then finally, and, and I know I've said a lot here, but I'm excited <laughs> for these uh, roll-up as a service providers, companies like Caldera, Altlayer, um, and a couple others who are facilitating five to 10 minute setup where you can launch your own chain. So you could have Moose Chain set up within five or 10 minutes, have your own roll-up um, and have a stack and basically have all the infrastructure that you need uh, like instantly. Uh, and so that to me is something that's really interesting. And Rob and I, my partner on the roll-up have been thinking, should we just launch the roll-up chain? Uh, <laughs> and so something something that we've been thinking about, but for now we're kind of more focused on this other concept of like the roll-up stack. But uh, yeah, those are the those are the concepts that uh, and, and the things that I'm paying attention to and uh, and and quite quite excited about. And then obviously, you know, you got like the macro things, right? Like Bitcoin ETFs and the having and EVTFs and mass adoption and PayPal and all these things, but. Uh, I'm way too deep in the trenches to care about that mainstream stuff. I'm like, I'm like telling my friends who are like, yo, like, is it a good time to buy Ethereum or Bitcoin? I'm like, dude, like, all I know is things are happening in the trenches and it, people are not going anywhere. So, so, so yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to say you could leave a comment down below if you want to Andy and, and his friend to launch their roll up chain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, it would be interesting, right? I mean, yeah. from a business model point of point of view, it, it, it makes sense, but we, we don't need to go too deep into a sequencer. Um, yeah, um, you, you've made a really great point there. Like it was, it was a really long answer, but it was a super, super substantial one, right? I liked a lot of things that you mentioned there. I think one thing that kind of surprised me was that you're playing in um, all of the social apps like uh, Frentech and all of its forks, right? Because I somehow had the impression that you were just kind of sick and tired of it. I I'm not sure why. Maybe from some of the you know, tweets or something, right? I had the impression that you you were kind of tired of all the forks. But so I was quite surprised when you said that you're playing every single one of them. Um. Yeah, how how is it going then? I... Yeah, no. I mean, uh, stars are, you know, rugged, so... Yeah, I was hope, hopefully they come back, and then this Solano one kind of sucks, but that's that's it. Like that's it. That's the whole point. You know, uh, you try things, you will reap the rewards. I mean, these all say they're going to have an airdrop. Who knows if they will? Um, and you know what's good, right? So you can make a better informed decision when the good ones come around. Like uh, none of them are as good as Friend Tech from a, a an adoption point of view, but both uh, both the uh, Solana one and Stars Arena have way better UX and vibe and, and it like, uh, they're, they're much less buggy and slow. So, um, this is kind of the vibe that I had with DeFi summer in 2020 is you just try everything you deposit into everything you get robbed, but you know what you learn from it and you hit a couple big winners, you get a ton of airdrops and, uh, it becomes worth it. So that's been my, my mentality. I would hate to, to suck in, to, to get sucked into the, I'm too much of a boomer to try things. Cause that's kind of like the, uh, anti-thesis or antithesis of, uh, of crypto itself. Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome.
I think one of the more active ones right now is um Fantech right on Mental I think because they have the Mental tokens being given out as incentives as well. I'm not so sure how Star Arena is gonna play out it after what what's happened right, but we'll see. And I kind of wanna move on to your investing framework. Uh, are you open to sharing that with us? So you mentioned a, a lot about portfolio allocation, right? But let's just focus on the crypto side, where I know you, you mentioned so you kind of play around everything, try here and there. So what what do you do? Like what's the framework that you go through before you click that buy button within the crypto space or within the DeFi sector itself? Yeah. Um honestly it depends at what state of the market we're kind of in. I feel like um, you know, in the in the in the state of the market that we're in now, uh you know, in inaction sometimes pays in the sense where uh, there's there's quite a bit happening, but also like there's not that much happening where you're totally missing out all the time uh, if you don't take action. Whereas in the in the in, in the in the bull or in the in the cycle uh, in the different time of the cycle, uh, it legitimately pays just to be fast, right? So that's kind of step one is like. Understanding where we are uh, will allow you to kind of act uh, better. So for me currently, some of the best uh, decisions that I've made is just to not act. Okay. And, and so that has been like the framework for me over, over the last while. But it's been focusing on business and not really acting that much or just small little kind of allocations. Right. But then kind of when we get into the phase where I... I need to act more, uh, then the, the process is super simple. You usually see some sort of information from a friend, from a project that I speak with on the roll-up, from Twitter. Um, you basically jump in there. I fortunately uh, usually am able to just get contacted with the team pretty quick um, because of our connections with the roll-up and things. And so I tend to just try to talk to the team really briefly. Obviously, that's not like something that everybody can do or like wants to do. Uh, and so, I, I mean, the framework is very much just, just so like, okay, you, in this stage of, of action, you do some quick DD and you just, you basically just ape in that, in that framework. And I know that's not exactly like what the listeners are trying to hear, but I'm telling you, it's like in the times of action, you just have to make sure that, you know, this isn't a total absolute sham. And then you just have to act and, and buy and, and like be active in the market. And that's like the easiest strategy. Um, and obviously mm -hmm. there's strategies for exiting and all these things, but I don't really want to get too deep into like, uh, like portfolio strategy or like investment advice and things. But I, I just want to kind of focus on the fact that you have to understand where we, we are in the market, whether or not it's best to operate from a place of action or inaction. Um, and, and, you know, having that framework allows you to, uh, to kind of judge what you want to do. And so, yeah, I think I'll just stop there. Right. Awesome. So it's like, um, during DeFi summer, it's kind of, you can spend a, a short amount of time thinking, is this going to wrap? Probably not. Okay. It first and check later kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, pretty much because more more times than not in the in the market period where action gets you paid, 
you get paid for taking action. More times mm-hmm. than not, you, you, you look back 24, 48 hours a week and you're like, damn, I should have bought that, right? Whereas right now it's like, eh, like, yeah, you know, maybe, but like probably not. Like more likely a better bet to kind of really try to identify some better long-term projects, get involved, make some money through some jobs, some gigs, invest slowly, kind of just keep adding to your allocations, you know, different things. Whereas like, as soon as like the, and you'll know when the tides flip, like it's just, it's so easy to tell, uh, you know, your buddies are making this 30% in a day, 50% there. And it's like, okay, boom. Like I got to get back into that, that kind of, that kind of state. And so, uh, yeah, kind of eight first think later. Yes. But also cautiously and understanding where you are in the market. Awesome. Right. And, Let's move on a little bit on to the roll-up. I know we kind of briefly mentioned it earlier, but um, why did you decide to start the roll-up back in 2020? Why did you decide to be like, hey, I'm going to start a kind of social media thing for, for crypto and it was called the DeFi Slate back then. What was the idea behind it? Or Yeah, let's hear it from you. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I was so interested in in uh, the on-chain world as soon as I found out about it. Uh, it was so, so appealing to me. And so um, we, we kind of looked at the opportunities and I was looking at my skill set, like, what can I do? What can I, how, what, what am I good at? And I was like, well, I just spent two years learning marketing and copywriting and, and how to grow audiences and how to sell products and, and how to write and things. And so uh, I was like, okay, there's only a couple of other competitors in like the newsletter, podcast, media space. Let's do this. And so we just, I recruited my buddy, Rob, who was in university at the time. I, I, I had dropped out. Uh, and then, you know, I was like, yo, I'm doing this. I had a video editor already and a graphic designer for my previous business. Uh, I had a virtual assistant already who I met in Colombia uh, when I was traveling, when I was 19. Um Pro tip, go to Colombia, find English speaking people, recruit them for, for, for your business. They do incredible work. They appreciate you a lot more than any US person do it. And they, they do not ask for a lot. Uh, anyways, so I, I kind of had this foundation of like, of, of a setup. And so we just kind of jumped right in um, and, 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 and just, ju- like just, you know, just, just started. Started as DeFi Slate, went, went really well for a while. The bear market came. We had some failed partnerships, some bad, some bad ideas and investments. Had to rebrand to the roll-up. Um, had to uh, kind of restructure what we were trying to do because there was no activity in the bear. Man. There was nobody wanted to do marketing. Nobody wanted to do anything. Uh, and so now we're, super, we're very focused on, on layer twos and education. We're going to conferences. We're doing uh, educational series, marketing podcasts. Uh, and just providing basically just really quality info. Now it's a little bit less actionable. Why? Because we are in the state of the market, which is again, in my opinion, favors inaction, but that's going to change soon. And when that changes, the conversations that we have on the rollup will become extremely valuable and actionable. They will be the information and the teams that we speak to and the, in the, in the inputs that we put out in addition to, you know, other, other, you know, influencers, KOLs, media companies too. I'm not saying this is a role specific thing or our company specific thing, but because we're so focused on, on the L2s and because that's where a lot of the activity is going to happen, 
we are going to have a lot of actionable info, info for um, airdrops, for uh, tokens, for teams, for um, ideas, for developments. And, and so I'm really looking forward to, to that period as is everyone else. Um, and yeah, we'll drop some links below if you guys who are listening want to uh, join and kind of pay attention. All of our info is always free. Um, our monetization model comes in the form of sponsorships uh, for educational series, uh, marketing, uh, advising. We do angel investing. Um, you know, we do uh, BD work as a service and tons of different media opportunities as well. Um, so if you're a project listening in as well, uh, please, please feel free to reach out. Um, and yeah, for, for those who just kind of want to learn and be a part of it, it's all free. Uh, and we're, we're super happy to kind of operate in this sense of being a public good uh, while also running a business. Um, and yeah, that's kind of why we started and how we started. And really before that, my partner and I, Rob, were, we, were we were in this uh, blockchain club at our university. We were doing tons of education there. And that's kind of what really kicked us off into this world. And uh, you know, since then, we grew that club from like a couple members to like 50 to 100 in 2017, bear in mind the, the market also helped out. Uh, but, you know, we kind of started our educational journey there. And, and uh, since then, just been passionate about crypto and educating and onboarding people and yeah, continuing to, to, to do this now uh, and enjoying it day by day. Awesome. Really like that answer and definitely we'll be dropping the links down below for Andy and the robot co as well. And you kind of stole the opportunity to kind of market yourself. Huh? So protocols, if you're listening in, sponsor moves instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're super chill. You know, we like to, we do tons of, uh, tons and tons of free work. So like we have, we always have different things going out, um, always going to events. And um, yeah, just, well, like I said, a public good, right? That's what education is ultimately, mm -hmm. but also trying to run a business. Yeah, awesome. And then my next question for you would then be, what is the goal, like the end goal for the rollout? Yeah, good question. Honestly, I think it's just to become a public good for education, as I've said, but also just to, um, you know, become this kind of like entity of of contributors, of of incubating projects, of of being an active force in the space and being a, being a, a means to onboard users. I mean, from a profit point of view and from a, from a, a, a business point of view, it's, it's quite simple. It's just, we grow as much as we can do as great of a job as, as we can. And we ride this, we ride this bull market and, and make a ton of cash. But like, that's just like from the principle of a profit point of view, like from a, 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 a a kind of purpose and mission driven standpoint uh, that is kind of the, the result of the mission, which is to educate, empower, and enrich. This has kind of been like our, our, our slogan since 2020 It's we, we, we want to educate people as much as, as we can. This is why we rebranded to the roll up. We, we want to onboard these people to roll ups because we think they're safe. We think they're a secure execution environment. We think that this is where the future of crypto is, is headed. So with that comes empowerment. We, we want to bring people on chain. We, we want people to become sovereign, freedom. We want people to have control over their assets, to manage their keys, to manage their assets, to not be succumb to overdraft fees, to banks, to all the BS that comes with the traditional, the traditional finance world. And then as a result of this, 
And as a result of number go up technology, we want to enrich people. We, are, we want to help people and make an impact on their financial lives through our education, through our information, through our alpha, through our our entire me mentality. And you know, if you see a lot of the tweets that I put out, yeah, I tweet a lot about crypto, but I also tweet a lot about mindset and productivity and mm -hmm. and and money and kind of habits and things. And we just really want to facilitate an environment of people who are getting better and empowering themselves. Uh, and it starts with education, starts with empowerment, and then it ends with uh, enrichment. And this has kind of been our mission. Um, and like I said, the, the result of this mission and this purpose is, you know, is making money. And it's a lovely world that we exist in where you provide value and you provide uh, a in-demand uh, offer and you make money. And so that's been the motto and uh, that's kind of where we're headed. Nice. I, I really like the motto and the mission that you just shared. Super meaningful, right? And I think we've had a pretty great chat about all the crypto topics and the rollout, right? And now I kind of want to move into the segment to get to know a little bit more about Andy, right? About yourself. Um, could you share with us what a day in the life of Andy looks like? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Day in the life of Andy. So today I woke up at uh, 6.45, uh, jumped on Telegram, um, did a bunch of chats, went for a coffee, and I'm now here. I've got a bunch of work to do for five, six hours, and then have a, a gym and probably go on a date tonight um, and then sleep. Now, this has been like my, that's like more or less like my city schedule. Uh, obviously, I'm not lucky enough to have dates every night, nor do I have enough time for that. But, <laughs> but I do enjoy, I do enjoy going out and uh, kind of partying a bit and, and, uh, you know, going on dates and things. But my preferred lifestyle is wake up 6am, surf for two hours, work from 8am to 345, four, surf for another hour and a half till sunset, and then just chill at night. No party, no girls, no nothing, just the boys, some good food, some good music, uh, maybe, uh, maybe smoke a joint and just go to bed and do that on repeat for every day of the weekday and then maybe party a bit more on the weekends. But that's kind of like my ideal and what I've, what I've been doing for the last six weeks in Nicaragua was just wake up, surf, work all day, surf at night, sleep. Um, and honestly, I love that lifestyle. And right now in the city, it's a bit more of an adjustment. I'm in a different city here in South America. Um, and yeah, it's a bit more of like a good, I have to wake up in the gym or I have to wake up in the morning, go to the gym and things. And so, yeah, that's kind of, it's pretty boring, man, but it's productive. So that's life. Nice. I mean, you, you sound like you really enjoy surfing. So what's stopping you from moving there and staying there permanently? Uh, unfortunately, in Nicaragua, the, the Wi-Fi is uh, about as slow <laughs> as a snail. But uh, are there yeah. other other places that you can surf at with better Wi-Fi, I would suppose? Definitely, definitely. But it's quite funny how the best surf spots in the world are, mind my language, shitholes. Uh, they are like um, tiny town in, in Nicaragua, tiny town in, in Indonesia, uh, you know, other places are better, right? There's like South Africa, Australia, different places, right? But uh, I, I found that my favorite places to live are the best mix of quality surf and quality of life. I found those places so far in Brazil. I found them uh, in Central America. I haven't really been to Portugal and lived there yet, 
nor Asia. Those two places are definitely on, on the map for, for me. Um, and yeah, I think you're totally spot on uh, as, as far as that goes. Awesome. Nice. So no, I actually wanted to ask like, what's your hobby, but I kind of presume it's going to be surfing. Uh, what else do you enjoy besides surfing then? Yeah, um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> what do you mean, man? Uh, I like going to the gym. Um, Uh-huh. I like going on dates. I like partying. I like hiking. I like uh, skiing. Um, I like going on a boat, good old America, going fishing. Um, that's good. And yeah, I actually just like working, man. I like making money. I like building stuff. I like talking to people um, and putting puzzles together, man. That's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a hobby of mine. It's, it's fun to just like design systems and like put people into systems and see how the system works. Come back to the system, see where, see where there's a bottleneck, improve, revise, implement again, and just keep doing that until you've built this machine where things just get done and businesses ran and you can just kind of walk away. That's like fun as well. I mean, that's super nerdy and you know, different than like a hobby, but I really enjoy system design. And my partner, Rob is quite good at that as well. He, he, uh, he, he, he got a math and philosophy degree. And so he's, he's quite smart and loves kind of the methodical thinking. Sometimes, sometimes, um, you know, we just come together and just build systems and it's, it's quite fun actually. Man, you know, in our first like five to ten minutes of our conversation, definitely I could tell you're definitely like the business guy, the entrepreneur guy, building businesses and trying out different things. Like that was my first impression of you really in our first few minutes of conversation. Uh, and, and it's really awesome. I like it a lot. And then all the hobbies that you kind of mentioned are all like super outdoor, you're like a really active and sports-ish person. So I really love that about it. Yeah, man, sports are awesome for, for, for the mind, you know, and I was listening to this podcast earlier, another kind of tidbit here is like, the reason why surfing in the morning is so good is because you wake up in the morning and uh, I really enjoy surfing, right? But it's actually, it's, it's uh, on big days or on, if you're surfing over a reef or rocks, or uh, if there's a lot of current, or, or if it's a beach break, and there's tons of waves coming in, right? It's actually quite tiring and hard. Um, and so you really push yourself in the morning. Um, to do something hard. And I was listening to this podcast from uh, one of these guys who inspires me um, on the business side of things. Uh, his name's Taylor Welch. And he was talking about uh, how in the mornings, waking up and, and doing something difficult is such an important thing. And I just want to echo that message that people are depressed out there. People struggle with productivity and, uh, you know, worry about different things. But you know, waking up in the morning and getting exercise and doing something difficult, whether it's taking a cold shower, doing a hundred pushups, going to the gym, going for a surf, going for a run. Um, you know, these types of things will boost your, your, your morale, your mood and your energy for the entire day. And, you know, these kinds of, these types of life hacks will make you more money. They'll make you happier. They'll, they'll, they'll make you, your business much, much better. And so, um, I don't know how that came up, but I think it's just something that I, I wanted to echo because, Uh, I actually woke up this morning and skipped the gym, just went straight to work. Um, but, you know, that's something that that is a good habit. And I think that it's uh, it's very productive. Man, that totally sounds like something straight out of, uh, straight out of David Goggins' mouth or something. <laughs> that guy's crazy, isn't he? <laughs> oh, anyway, since since you kind of mentioned that 
you like and listening to podcasts and I'm sure you've read a lot as well. Could you give like some um podcast recommendations or book recommendations for people who are more interested in kind of building their own business or be it marketing? Yep. So this guy, Taylor Welch is fantastic. Um, Taylor A. Welch on social media. Honestly, like I don't even have anybody else. Just, just listen to this guy. He's just phenomenal. Um, from everything from mindset to business building, to marketing, to just, I mean, yeah, you don't even need any, anybody else. If, if you consume all of his content, you'll be, you'll be more than, more than uh, satisfied. So uh, I'll, I'll just leave that one there. Awesome. I'll be sure to check that out. And it's been a really great chat with you, Andy. I think we are done with almost everything that I want to cover today. Um, thank you for your time to pop on. But before we go, I have the final two questions for you. So the first one being, what is your biggest takeaway from being in crypto? Man, um, yeah, that, that personal freedom and sovereignty is the most important thing, um, right? That like you can you can be your own custody provider and that you could, you know, the mindset of being free and sovereign is has been huge. Awesome. Right. And then my final question to you would then be, could you give me three names as guest nominations to come on my podcast in the future? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, yeah, I talked about Luca. So Luca Nets from Pudgy would be great. Andrew Saunders, CMO of Hashverse would be great. Um, I like CurveCap. The guy is really involved in the Curve ecosystem as well. He's really in the know. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andy. Once again, thanks for taking the time. And thank you to the listeners for tuning into this episode. And that's all for this episode. We will see you in the next episode. Thanks, man. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Before you go, do remember to give us a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button so you never miss a thing. Comment down below what you liked about this episode, who you would like me to interview next, or any topics that you want to learn more about. Until next time, this is Moose moving out. Thank you.